Well, good morning. Good Good to be with you. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to look at a verse with me. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to look it up in 1 John, first uh, epistle of John in chapter 2. I like to encourage people to bring their Bibles to church. It's good to do that. It's easy to do now. You can put it on your phone or your tablet if you don't want to bring a hard copy, but If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a Pew Bible, and it's on page 642 of the Pew Bible. 1 John chapter 2, we're continuing a series in the statement of faith, Read a View Bible Chapel, looking at the things that we believe here, and we're coming close to the end of the series. I think there's two more to go after today. But this is the one on believers' responsibility. So let's read from 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word... Truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also himself to walk just as he walked. Verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. This is going to be a key text for us through the message. We'll come back to this as we proceed. But let's pause for a minute and ask for the Lord to help us as we think about his word this morning. Lord, we ask for you to be with us this morning, to bless us as we think about your word today, as we consider the truths from it, as we think about the statement of faith that we Hold to here at this place. We believe it to be taken from your word. We pray that you would guide us, direct our thoughts today, and help us to grow in our faith and in our understanding of your word. We need your help in doing this, and we ask for it in our Savior's name. Amen. Believer's responsibility. I'm going to put up on the screen the uh, statement of faith the statement from our statement of faith. And that would be the problem right there. Sorry about that. There we go. Fairly long. I'm going to give you a minute to read that. Well, I'll read it, actually. I'll read it together with you. It is the responsibility of all believers to love God, other believers, and their neighbor to worship God in spirit and in truth, to study the scriptures and pray continually in order to glorify God or in order to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. We are to be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, to be fruitful, share the good news of salvation through Christ, and encourage one another in the faith as we look expectantly for the coming of our Lord All Christians are called to live lives embodying the fruit of the Spirit, including love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in keeping with the word of God. It's a long statement, and there's a lot in there, a lot more than I'm going to be able to cover in, in the time that we have together. If you look at this statement in our website, you'll see attached at the bottom 18 references to Scripture that reinforce the points that are made here about how we ought to live. And I encourage you to look that up and click on those links and read the scriptures for yourself. Really what's important is not so much what we've put together, but what the, what the word of God says about how we ought to live. And so those links will help us in that. I'm going to admit that this morning, I'm going to focus most of my comments, most of my comments really on just one word from this, from this statement of faith. And what I, I hope you'll be able to focus with me on is, no, I think I've done it, Tom, sorry about that. The word responsibility. There we go. Responsibility. Do believers really have responsibilities? What, what does this mean that we have responsibilities as believers? If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, do you have responsibility? Doesn't that sound a little bit like the law? You know, for, for years I have listened to and read passages that talk about exhorting us to walk worthy of the Lord, for example, or Scriptures that say we ought to live to please the Lord. And at times in my life, I have struggled with those a little bit because what I have been taught is, is that salvation is something that we receive by the grace of God. And so do we have responsibilities? Uh, scriptures like this, exhorting us to walk worthy of the Lord, um, just kind of struggle in my mind a little bit against the truth that we are taught that we are saved by grace and that we don't acquire salvation by the things that we do. We don't improve our standing in Christ by the things that we do. So how is it that we have these responsibilities? How do we reconcile this? Do believers have responsibilities? Isn't salvation a free gift from God? Um, these, these are questions that, that perhaps come to mind as I think about these texts from Scripture that tell us that we need to seek to please God, that we need to exert effort to try to do things that are right. How do we reconcile these ideas? Salvation is indeed a free gift of God. And if you've been coming out to hear this series over the, over the past number of weeks, you'll have heard on several times uh, teaching that salvation is by grace through faith and not by the things that we do. Mike Krushelnitsky gave a great presentation on, on uh, salvation. And uh, he made it very clear. He pointed out to us that the word of God is clear that we are saved 
by faith, by grace through faith, and not by our works. So what, are, what is it that, that these responsibilities entail then? Well, I can confirm, I want to assure you, that I believe very strongly and hold that we are saved by, by the grace of God through faith and not by the things that we do. These things that we are ex exhorted in Scripture to do are not done so that we might gain a better standing with regard to our salvation before God. They're not done to acquire salvation, and they're not done to retain salvation. Our salvation is by grace through faith. So what does this mean? We are to walk worthy of the calling to which we are called. I want to present to you four reasons why we need to take these responsibilities that are presented in Scripture seriously and what they mean. They aren't things that we do in order to be saved. They're not things that we do in order to assure our standing before God. But it is inaccurate for us to say that as Christians, we have no responsibilities with regard to the law. The, the scriptures are given for us to obey. Four reasons that we need to be concerned about our responsibilities. First of all, reason number one, integrity. Integrity. Let's go back to the text that we read. Now you have it up on the screen. This passage reminds us that we are called to be Christians. Uh, we are, we are, let's go back for a second. We are to walk worthy of the calling, it says, to which you were called. Want to think about that calling. We are called Christians. In Acts chapter 11, there's an interesting verse that says the, first, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Christians. Think about that word, Christian. What does it mean? It's a follower of Christ, one who follows the Lord Jesus Christ. It was spoken initially, I suppose, in a, in a form that was probably intended to be derogatory. Like little Christs, if I could say that respectfully, but that's that's kind of how people looked on those early disciples. But over the years, it came to be a term that was dearly loved and embraced by those who follow the Lord. And if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, and if you are a Christian, then you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, there are responsibilities then that we have to obey him. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord, then you have accepted that he is in authority to direct your life. That you are submitting to his mastery over your life. And so for integrity's sake, if you claim him as your Lord, you need to be following his directions and his instructions 
You need to be walking in a way that's worthy of the calling that he has called you to. God abhors hypocrisy, and we need to be careful to follow his example. I'd encourage you to just look at another scripture with me in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, as the night before the Lord went to the cross, and in verse 14 of John 13, the Lord says this, he has just washed his disciples' feet, the task of a servant. He says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is one who sent, who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Christian life is about doing. That might go against perhaps what you might generally think. Faith in Christ brings us to salvation. The grace of God brings us to salvation. Nothing that we do brings us to salvation. But that does not mean that the Christian life is not about doing. The Lord brings us to faith in Christ so that we might do, that we might serve, that we might live, that we might live for him, that we might obey the things that he has instructed us to do, that we might follow his example in doing them. So let's go back to this text again. It speaks to integrity, doesn't it? Those who say that they know him, but don't bother to keep the commandments, John says they're a liar. That tells me that someone who has sincerely taken Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior is going to want to follow him, is going to want to obey his commands, is going to want to do the things that God calls him to do, is going to be concerned about the way that he lives and the way that he walks. To say that you take Jesus Christ as your Lord, but not really too concerned about doing the things that he asks us to do, that is not sincere faith. Those who keep his word demonstrate that their faith is real. Actions should always match our words. Show me, don't tell me. You are what you do, not what you say that you do. James puts it this way. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I'm a little worried this one won't show up very well, but if you've got good eyes, you might see this is a common kind of colloquial expression for today. So it's very easy to talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? People use that in our society today. 
you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. People in our society recognize that. It's common that people see that. They want to see exhibited in someone's life the things that they say. And I don't know who first came up with that little expression. It's commonly used. I don't think they got it from the Word of God, but they very, very may well have taken it from the things that James and others in the Word of God tell us. That we need to do the things that we say we're going to do. We need to walk the walk. And Scripture backs this up. Benjamin Franklin has said, well done is better than well said. And Theodore Roosevelt said this, knowing what's right doesn't mean much unless you do what's right. And this is how it is in the Christian life and with the Christian faith. James says in chapter 1 and verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Let's think about another reason why we need to take the responsibilities associated with being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ seriously, not only integrity, but for this one, I want to, to look at the definition of responsibility, believer's responsibility. This just comes from Merriam-Webster, and I like this little definition, even though it uses the word responsible to define itself, but anyway, the quality or state of being responsible, such as moral, legal, or mental accountability. And what I want to focus in on is this word accountability accountability. Do you realize that as Christians, we have accountability? So this is reason number two. We are accountable to the Lord for things that we do. I'm not just making this up. This does come from scripture. Here's a couple of scriptures, for example, Romans 14 and 12. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. This speaks about a day that we often refer to as the judgment seat of Christ. When each one who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ will stand before God and give an account of the things he has done. Second Corinthians five, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent to be well pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We will stand before God. I've heard a lot of things said about the judgment seat of Christ, and some of those things actually, actually caused me to struggle a little bit. I've heard some people describe the judgment seat of Christ as, as really just kind of a, a welcome to heaven event, you know, where we'll receive a pat on the back from the Lord and, and move on in. But I don't think Scripture describes it that way. There is accountability. There's not going to be punishments for sin at the judgment seat of Christ. There will be rewards. But when people teach that there are no punishments and there's only rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm not sure they understand the scripture correctly. I'm not sure that I could agree. There is accountability which will take place at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about this a little more. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You can look up with me if you'd like, but I'll just read a couple of verses. 
for verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by, by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. When you stand before the Lord someday, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ here this morning, you will one day stand before the Lord. And when you do so, will the way that you have lived and the things that you have done endure the testing of fire? Will you stand before the Lord with everything burned up? We need to be concerned about living for God because there is accountability for being a Christian. I wonder if we properly value the things that we engage with here in life. We put high values on our possessions, our homes, our relationships with our family. Do we recognize that we need to be placing a high value on living for the Lord, on doing things for him, on the responsibilities that believers have? Do we store up for ourselves treasures on earth and ignore that thing that is far more crucial, the treasures that we need to store up for ourselves in heaven? by taking seriously the responsibilities that God has given to those who are his followers, his disciples. So we have these reasons that we need to take these responsibilities seriously. We need to take them seriously for the sake of integrity. We need to take them seriously for the sake of accountability. Let's go back to this text again. Same text from 1 John chapter 2. And I want to focus in on another little word that we have here. The word ought at the bottom. Do you see that? In verse 6 it says, By this we may know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. He ought to walk. This word is a little bit archaic. I don't think we use it a lot. This is from the New King James Version. Probably today you would replace it with the word should, but the word ought kind of conveys perhaps a little more, a little more um, comp compulsion, something that we should be doing. We definitely should be doing. In fact, my understanding is that in the original Greek that this was written in, the word is even stronger. In some places, the word is translated as duty, duty. And if we were to read that verse 
from that context, it would say something like, he who says that he abides in him has a duty also to walk just as he walked, a responsibility to walk just as Christ walked. And so we are accountable and we ought to walk as Jesus walked. Let's think about a third reason why we need to do this. John chapter 15 in verse 11, these things I've spoken to you, the Lord says, that you may, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, the Lord speaks here about joy. And uh, so I want to pause and ask how, how you're doing with regard to joy in your life. How are you doing with regard to joy in your relationship with the Lord? If you look back on this past week, how does it uh, fill out on the joy meter? Are you experiencing the joy of the Lord? The Lord came that we could have joy. He wants us to have joy, abundant joy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, and he wants us to have joy in abundance. But I put this text up on the screen because the Lord connects having joy with keeping his commandments. And I don't think that that's a paragraph break at that point. How do we experience joy in our life? You might think, well, here's an idea. Let me throw out an idea to you. Go down to the, to the fair and try the roller coaster, right? Oh, great experience for some people, not for me. I'd prefer not, but... Some people would really get that. What, what we strive for often in life is, is, is thrill, right? We want thrills. And we value that. That's not what this is talking about. We're talking here about joy. God wants us to have joy. And the way that we experience joy in life is in developing relationships with others in doing things for others. I think you can agree about that if you reflect on it and think about it. When I do things for myself, I get a bit of a sense of satisfaction, but it wanes. I get real fulfillment when I recognize I've done something for somebody else. I've helped somebody. That's what brings joy. And God wants us to go out and obey his commandments, to love one another and to serve one another. He wants us to obey all of the commandments that he's given us that are referenced, for example, in that statement of faith, to do those things, to be engaged in the responsibilities that he has given to us. We need to be engaged in these responsibilities if we want to see joy in our lives. It is in giving to others and in caring for others and in working for others and in engaging in our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ, that we find joy in life. And yet too often, I find myself focused inwardly, concerned about things that might do well for me, that might perhaps give me a thrill for a time, or some sense of satisfaction. But real joy is found in the service of others. Joy does not come all the time. I'm not suggesting that every moment of every day you will experience joy. 
as you serve the Lord. Some things the Lord calls us to do are difficult things. They are hard to do. Some things are painful. But think about the example of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We read this in Hebrews chapter 12, that for the joy that was set before him, the Lord endured the cross. That's a marvelous little text to me because the endurance of the cross was a big thing, a difficult thing, where our Savior was separated from his Father and endured the torment and the rejection of his people and of us, of human beings, dying on the cross for us. But there was joy for our Lord at the end of it, in his service, in his giving, in his concern for others. And we can apply that example in our life. There are things that are painful, that are things that are difficult, but we need to be engaged in our responsibilities because joy comes in the end. There's a little expression that says pain is forgotten where gain follows. Maybe you've heard that. The Lord speaks about that in chapter 16 in John's gospel when he says that a woman in childbirth is in pain. But that pain is forgotten at the joy of bringing somebody into the world. So it isn't that everything that we're asked to do for the Lord is fun in that sense. There are some things that are challenging and some things that are difficult. But when you serve the Lord and when you take his responsibilities that he has given to us seriously, there is a great joy that can come into our lives. Fourth reason that we might take, need to take these responsibilities seriously. Philippians 4 and 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Peace. When I talk about peace, I'm talking about fulfillment and contentment in life. Just as I asked, how is the joy in your life this past week? I could ask the same thing about contentment. Are you feeling contented in life? Are you feeling peace in your life? We do the things that God calls us to do because in doing so, God gives us peace, a sense of satisfaction, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of doing what's right. And I think you know that when you do what's right, there's a peace that comes with that. And when you rebel against doing what's right, and when you do things for other motives, there is the tinge of conscience and guilt that affects us. You want freedom from that? Take these responsibilities seriously that God has called us to. In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So as we submit to the working of the Spirit of God in our lives, we can know his peace. 
in our lives. You know, you might say, well, okay, but there are times of hardship in life when we don't feel at peace. There are times of trial. We don't feel at peace. I want you to reflect a little bit on what Paul is saying in Philippians chapter 4. The things that you learned and received and heard and saw in, in me, Paul is speaking, of those things that they have seen in him, do those things. When Paul wrote this, he was in prison in Rome. He'd probably been in prison for over two years. And his physical circumstances were not very pleasant. In fact, they were very difficult. He was going through times that we would look at and say were very hard, very challenging. But he could say that he knew the peace of God in his situation. We need to take these responsibilities seriously. Because they will bring us peace. Take them responsibility for the sake, take them seriously for the sake of integrity. Take them seriously for the sake of accountability. Take them seriously so that you might have joy. Take them seriously so that you might have peace. Let's go back to this little expression one more time. He who says that he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. This time the example that's given is not the example of Paul, but the example of the Lord himself. He who abides in Christ ought to walk just as Jesus walked. That's a pretty high calling. That's a very high standard. The bar is set high, but this is how we are to live. And so we need to take these responsibilities that he has given us. Let's go back to our statement of faith. We've looked at really just one word. Our time is, is about gone. And I'm going to flash through a number of slides quickly. I did this quite intentionally. But in particular, I want to focus in on just one other line in here. We are to do these things in order to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. That's what these responsibilities are, are really all about. They are to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. I haven't talked to you today about the long list of things that are presented here in this statement from our statement of faith, this clause from our statement of faith. But I'm going to suggest to you that all of them really relate to that line, to glorify God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in daily living. Loving God and loving other believers and our neighbor, this is in order to glorify God, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. Worshiping God in spirit and truth, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. I'll just ask for Tom's help to, to scroll through these. To study the scriptures, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. To pray continually, 
It's done in order to glorify God, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. All of these things that are written here are to glorify God and the Lord Jesus Christ in our daily living, being filled with the Spirit, being fruitful, sharing in good news of the gospel, evangelizing, encouraging each other, looking expectantly to the coming of our Lord. These are all responsibilities that we hold. All of them are for the sake of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ in our daily living. We are to walk as he walked in order to bring him glory. And in these ways, we do so, living lives embodying the fruit of the Spirit. I would encourage you to think about all of these things that we are to do. Reflect on them, each one of them. Look up the verses that they're tagged to. Go on to the website at Redeemed Bible Chapel and look at the message that was given two Tuesday nights ago, short message by James Chang on the fruit of the Spirit. Great lessons on how we should live our lives in order to fulfill the fruit of the Spirit. We are to do these things in order to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in daily living. And we need to take these responsibilities seriously. He who says that he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. God calls us to a high calling. But there's reason for it. And there is great reward if we will take these things seriously. There's valid reasons to do so. It's of great importance to value them highly, to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Take the responsibilities that he has given to us. Seriously, walk as he walked. Father, we thank you for the richness of your word and ask that you would stir our hearts to recognize the importance of living for our Lord. Lord, we, we recognize and we so appreciate the salvation that we have by your grace. We, we cannot earn it. We cannot do anything to attain it. But Lord, as we embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord, your Son as our Lord and Savior, we recognizing that we are pledging our allegiance to him and acknowledging him as our Lord, we are agreeing to submit to him. And so we, we want to take up the challenge to do the things that he has asked us to do, to live by his commandments. Challenge us, we pray today, Lord, to do this. We know it is given to us for our benefit but we want to do it for the praise and the glory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So help us, we pray, we ask in his name. Amen.